watching Basketball on Figueroa, the only podcast breaking down the Lakers, Clippers, and Sparks. I'm your host, Edwin Garcia, and joining me today, as usual, is my co-host, Dar E. N. Viziri, a.k.a. Dime Dropper. Dime. How you doing? Doing pretty solid, Edwin. Uh, my team, my middle school team is 2-0. And my okay. park teams are also undefeated as well. So right now I'm having my best stretch as a coach ever. Clippers, we'll get into that. They're doing pretty they're doing pretty solid, but off of a loss that we're doing this episode. So different than the last couple of weeks. But looking forward to getting right into this Laker game against the Oklahoma City Thunder on Monday night. Before we do that, mm. I got with, with this middle school team. Is there tension in the locker room? Are people complaining about rotations? People want certain minutes. Is is there any any tension or or is winning solving everything right now? I wouldn't say tension, but definitely people wanting minutes. I mean, it's hard. I have 12 talented kids and it's, it's tough to get everybody playing time. I make a list after every game of the kids I felt like I could have given more playing time to or that I kind of felt bad for that could have played more. So hopefully this upcoming game this week, we can uh, give some of those people, some of those kids, some more minutes, and hopefully we blow team out. If we blow team out, everybody gets all their minutes, but I also want to win games as well. Understood. All right, let's jump into it. Like you said, uh, we had Lakers OKC just finished up. Normally, I would not be available for this because I would be at crypto, but because it's MLK Day, uh, I had it off because it was a national holiday. So since I was off, Again, it, it's part of it. We kind of have to respect that. And like, I didn't push to go because then that, that kind of creates a toxic work environment where I'm working on the holidays. There. So I just sat back. I chilled. I watched at home. And, and we're doing we're doing the pod immediately after this game finished uh, 10, 15 minutes ago. Uh, Lakers were able to get the win 112-105 against the Thunder. And a really, really strong win. Obviously, you know, every, the, the emotions have been sky high with the Lakers every game is DEFCON 5, fire everybody, disaster class, all this stuff. And we'll get into some of those low points because there were a lot this past week. But this was definitely a high point. Uh, There was a little bit of a (laughs) mix-up with the starting lineup. Dave McMiniman tweeted out that he talked to uh, Darvin Hammond the pregame and that they were going to go to the old lineup, the one that had so much success. And then he had to basically retweet a retraction saying he talked to him again and actually (laughs) that false alarm. So that, that caused a whole hoopla and kind of brought in some negative energy, at least online, uh, entering the game. But they took care of business. They went with the starting lineup of AD, Prince, LeBron, D'Lo, and Austin Reeves. D'Lo was a little bit questionable with um, a non-COVID illness, but he toughed it out. Uh, And everyone else, you know, as I said, just rolled out the the starting five they're going to be playing with now that Camp's gone for at least a little bit. And they won the game. Uh, AD, 27 points, 15 rebounds. LeBron was back, 25 points. And they were able to beat the second best team in the West. They've only had 11 losses prior to this game, and they've lost two of those losses to come against the Lakers. So, dying, yeah, they're 20 and 21. We understand that, but they have a lot of good wins under their, their belt, and we know they're not sneaking up on teams. So, what did you see from this game? So, a lot of switching on both sides with Chet Holmgren and Anthony Davis being versatile big men that can guard anyone on the court. And I thought that Chet as great as he was. And I think he made a huge impact defensively. Like one of the more impactful games I've seen from a player defensively this season in a loss, if not the most, but when the Lakers switch guys like D'Lo, Vanderbilt, Rui on a Chet, it wasn't really, you didn't get too much from Chet. I mean, he had some nice moments of great handles, but, and even when you did, you got Chet drawing two defenders, 
the Thunder, this was just a, and they shoot the best three-point percentage in the league over the Clippers. Clippers are second, Thunder are first. Well, they did not shoot the ball well from three in this game. 31% and 42% from the field. And I think the biggest thing that stood out to me besides the amazing defense of AD as usual, Austin Reeves and D'Lo really held their own defensively in this game. And that's the way they can share the floor because offensively, the Lakers look like a totally different team in this game. Just have more threats out there. And I liked the less is more approach from LeBron. Less on ball, less pick and roll with you. Great cuts when the defense is falling asleep. But the thing is to consistently have that off ball stuff and then reduce his on ball workload. I think he needs to be trusting D'Lo and Reeves. And I think the only way that he will gain their trust is for them to be consistent. And that's been the thing that's lacked mainly from D'Lo. Austin Reeves, you know what you're going to get. But I think what really unlocks this team, as we talked about last week or two weeks ago, is getting the best version of D'Lo. And you saw in this game, you know, D'Lo is dime dropper certified. I mean, he had some amazing dimes in this game. That one transition one to, I forget who it was. It was under the arm of Chet. He had a couple impressive ones in this one. And I thought LeBron and AD were good. I thought that Torian Prince, even though he didn't shoot well, he got into the paint a lot and was able to kick out and find open guys. He got four assists, no, three assists. And then more Vanderbilt, more Hachimura, solid, and Christian Wood effective in his minutes, 11.7 rebounds. But I thought just Anthony Davis was so, so good. And then LeBron, really good as well. But D'Lo and Reeves held their own defensively and were also solid offensively. So two games against the Thunder this season that the Lakers have played, and it's been two of the better performances of their season. I don't know if that's, I'm ready to say that it's, just, it's a good matchup, but I, I really don't know if I'm, I'm ready to say it's a good matchup for them or it's just been two of the best performances of the season. Yeah, I, I think good matchup, you said that. That may be putting a little too strong. I don't think you ever want to play a team that that's as successful as Oklahoma City. But guess what? Um, just like the Lakers might not look forward to that matchup, you know who I know wouldn't be looking forward to that matchup, <laughs> Oklahoma City Thunder. The last thing you want to do is face a healthy LeBron James, Anthony Davis in the playoffs when you're inexperienced. I mean, that would that that's they're going to be in trouble. Those LA games, and if the Lakers could get one on the road, that might be it. That was pretty much their recipe all of last uh, season in the playoffs. It's let's get one on the road and protect home court, and you saw that's pretty much what they did until they ran into the Nuggets, right? And again, those Nuggets games, yes, they were a sweep, but in the fourth quarter of every game, you did not know who the winner was going to be. Those were very close games. I think people forget that part of it, but obviously that's way down the road. But these are the things that we talked about with OKC. Both of us aren't bought in yet because they're so young. You're like, how are they going to handle that kind of pressure? Like, I don't know. I haven't seen SGA in those kind of games and how this team reacts. And do they start having these bad shooting nights and complaining about, they weren't complaining about fall calls today, but you know, in a playoff series, that starts to take a toll and they're getting frustrated. Next, you know, they realize they don't have answers for LeBron AD. And you know, you're like, Oh wow. A team that kind of like the Kings last year, a team that shined falls apart against an experienced veteran team because they just got the experience that, you know, the other team just, you have to learn how to win. And it's, it's learning how to win by saying knock out a LeBron James led team from Los Angeles. That's, that's a tall task. That's not the kind of, game you want especially in the first round obviously that that's always way but that's what i see from this team this team is still going to be very talented and and yes things still need to be fixed rotations all that kind of stuff maybe even a trade to really put them somewhere that they can actually threaten but you see a lot of good things here you see good deal you see um 
AR. And I, I thought they always, I always thought they walked away from that too much. You, the, the excuse cannot be, oh, they're too bad defensively. They are not the best defensively, but you have to work it out. Those two have to make it work on the floor. They just have to. They're too good to just take them off and say and concede that that lineup just cannot work. I, I never believed in that. Put better wings around them. Put better defenders around them. Challenge both of them to, to do better. And I think they have. You saw Austin get benched early. That was the solution. And then you saw D'Lo benched after that. And now he's brought them both back. So, Obviously, you wish that these progressions and this kind of understanding of the roster would happen quicker, but it hasn't, but it is happening, right? Like you deal with that, I'm sure, as, as a coach yourself, figuring out, okay, these two work together, these two don't, these three need to, uh, this person could play more if they could work with, you know, there's a lot of tinkering that happens here. And uh, the Lakers have not practiced much all year, so I know they don't have a lot of time to kind of experiment with stuff. So sometimes this stuff has to happen on the fly. Uh, this lineup's close to what I think most Laker fans want. I think the main change they want at this point is Prince out and putting Vanduin. I think Prince was okay defensively. He didn't shoot that well, one for six, one for five from three. But I don't think he was bad, bad. He was just not, you know, sensational. He wasn't one of the worthy names. The worthy I names agree. today were obviously LeBron, AD, D'Lo, Reeves. Rui had some big points even in the fourth. He had that really nice dunk. And some big blocks. I was going to also ask you, uh, did you think SGA, because he was questionable before this game, did he look right to you? I mean, I think the Lakers defense played well, but he did not look as aggressive as normal to me. And he shot well, but it didn't feel like he didn't feel like he had the same relentless kind of trying to get to the paint as he always does. Yeah, I think I think there was there was definitely fire with that that smoke of he might miss it. I think he was closer to a game time decision. He still played a lot, 34 minutes. Uh, but I agree, he didn't get to the foul line a lot. I don't think he I think it's because he didn't like penetrate as aggressively. He's known for getting to the foul line a lot and getting that contact and taking it. And I think the, I think he might be wasn't a hundred percent or at least close to what normal. You know, I think that, that played a little bit of a factor. And they have good defenders on them. The Lakers always defend SGA as well as one can. Like you said, he's he's remarkable. He might still drop thirty on your head. Uh, he still dropped twenty four tonight, and we're talking about it was a dip in performance. So that lets you know how good SGA is. But but the Lakers do have with Vando out there, Prince out there, Rui out there. They have the size to kind of agitate and aggravate them, and they're getting physical with you. And if you're already kind of feeling hesitant. It's going to make it harder to do that. So, yeah, great win. Before we go into the rest of the games, we'll start next with, I believe, uh, we got Clippers Raptors uh, starting from earlier this week. Before we get into that, real quick, the Lakers have beaten the Thunder twice. They've beaten the Clippers. They won the in-season right. tournament. Does that say anything about this team? Or are you still like, they're 20 and 21? Who cares? They're still sub-500. They're not even in the plan. I mean, that's like if the season ended today, you wouldn't even be in the plan. So, like, no, I can't say that. It's like you got to get in the plan. Utah trash are ahead of the Lakers as of this recording. That's unacceptable. Okay, Houston okay, well. fair enough. Houston as well. Okay, all right. So, I guess uh, we'll have to we'll have to wait till they they get into the dance here. Um, it's way too early for me to do that. Well, uh, we'll have to see here. According to Google. Uh, the Lakers are currently the 10th seed, so maybe today would have been <laughs> the, the, the straw that okay. broke the camel's back because because uh, I think they have the tiebreaker over Houston. Okay, so they, I think right now they would be the 10. They would be playing Utah Jazz in Utah if we were done at this exact moment, which we're not. I'll, okay, I'll say this. They've shown that they can get up for the occasion, but I'm not going to say that this team looks anywhere near a championship team right now. Okay, no, they that's can fair. make that's some championships far away. Right, they can make some noise, but that's not championship right now. 
Okay, so moving on and continuing with other teams that are not championship teams, we got the Raptors versus the Clippers on Wednesday. Uh, the Raptors, obviously, we talked about Lakers Raptors uh, prior. That was our last game, but now we're on Clippers Raptors. And here, uh, the Clippers took care of business, winning uh, 126 uh, to 120. So they couldn't get the double W in LA. They split those uh, because the, the Clippers took care of business here. Um, looking back, uh, good RJ Barrett game. He had 24. Quickly's been great there too, uh, 25 points. Uh, but you got PG and Kawhi, both 29 points. They were playing really well. I think this was a solid zoo game as well. He had 12 points. He seemed very efficient. Uh, what did you see from this uh, Clippers uh, Raptors home game? And, and were you in attendance for this one? Yeah, it was. I was in attendance, and it was a Kawhi kind of game. He took over at the end. There was one time where they double-teamed him with about a minute left, and he said, you know what, I'm not going to pass out of this double. He turned the corner on Shooter and dunked and then drew a double-team and found Paul George for a dagger three. James Harden's playmaking was also really solid, 14 points, 11 assists. Um, I think you also got a solid Norm Powell game off the bench in double figures, but the fact that Terrence Mann was five for five. I think that really stood out for me because he's really been struggling. And now since the new year, he started to find a shot again. And that's very important. And we also kept Scotty Barnes very quiet. I thought that was pretty surprising. But Kawhi was clearly the best part on the floor. It was a solid job taking care of business. You love to see when Paul George and Kawhi play with that kind of aggression. PG 12 for 22, Kawhi 10 for 18. And as you mentioned with Zubats, shot 75% and had a double-double. He continues to play really good basketball. So solid win. A little bit too many points allowed with 120 to Toronto, but credit Emmanuel quickly. He was a problem for us. Um, but, yeah, good win. Any win yeah, I win. think the Raptors – yes, I think the Raptors are doing a, a decent job in this transition. It, it's always tough when you so many key players are moving on a team that's been struggling. Uh, but I think – it's way too early to kind of name a winner or loser of that trade, but I think I can see how both sides kind of got what they wanted. And for the for the Knicks, it seems like they've just been rolling, and it seems like the Raptors have kind of been improving while also maintaining their assets and making decisions on those players, and, and they look better to me. So, yeah, I think it's one of those rare scenarios where maybe both sides can walk away and say, hey, we, we kind of, we're, we're kind of in a better spot long-term and short-term with the moves they've done. So, uh, but the Raptors, you know, were unable to get that win, but they did get the one of the Lakers. All right. Now the next one, not, not excited to talk about. We got uh Suns Lakers. This was one of the ones where, you know, the locusts, you know, flew from the sky in Laker nation on this one. Lakers lost 127, 109. Uh, it was just an ugly game. Uh, they were just, you know, beat six ways to Sunday. Uh, no, no doubt about it. You know, LeBron barely got his 10 points for, his double-digit streak to continue. Uh, neither LeBron or AD played in the third quarter. They were absolutely dominated. Uh, all Devin Booker just—I think he's still hitting jumpers. <laughs> he was just an animal. He had 31 points, and and Beal had 37. Uh, poor Reeves. You know, we talked about his defense. He was getting beat. He was just getting absolutely destroyed. Booker was scoring everything he wanted on him. The few times he switched on KD, that went how you thought it would go, and the Lakers just couldn't get anything, and it was. In the arena, you could hear the boos. You could hear the dejection from the crowd. They were just like, wow, we're really getting smoked. And, you know, the whole fourth quarter was garbage time because that's how out of hand it was. Um, so not too much for me to talk about here that's positive. It was a very uh, rough game. Uh, what did you see from this Lakers-Phoenix matchup? I think this game was a total embarrassment. Uh, I think, as you mentioned, Austin Reeves getting picked on left and right. And what I thought was crazy was the Lakers just kept kind of leaving him on an island. Not much of an adjustment there. But I will say when Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, and KD are all playing, 
and they have Grayson Allen, who's leading the league in three-point percentage. That's the vision for Phoenix is like you kind of have to blitz them on pick and rolls, and then you're in a four-on-three situation with Nurkic, Nurkic having two of those big three and Grace, Grayson Allen on the three-point line. So it's hard. you got to make a decision in the Lakers. They don't really have switch everything personnel. Uh, if they have Reeves or D'Lo out there, they're always going to get targeted. Um, they actually do have switch everything personnel, but they'd have to go to a lineup without Austin Reeves and D'Lo kind of for that. Mm-hmm. And LeBron, I thought it was just one of his worst games of the season, just on both ends of the floor. It's one of those where he didn't really even show up. Uh, had a couple of nice passes, but that's all I can say. KD made it an effort to pick up LeBron and guard him a lot of the game, and he did an amazing job. He really kind of locked him up. And, yeah, it was just a, a really good game for the Suns and a horrible game for the Lakers. But I also thought they just, you know, second effort on an offensive rebound, like, you know, transition defense, these little things, the Lakers just didn't have it. And it was just – it was pretty – a poor effort for what was probably a very expensive game for the fans. So that was really an all-time <clears> low, in my opinion, of this season. They're getting killed by the Suns. You know, no Rui Hachimura in this game, right? Or was it no Chris? Yeah, no Rui or Christian Wood. So you definitely had a deficiency of scoring on the bench. But it was just, you know, bad three-point shooting again. Actually, no, they shot well from three, but... The craziest part is they shot 50% from the field and 38% from three, and they still got killed. It just, I think probably a lot of that was garbage time making the stats look better. But mm-hmm. yeah, just a terrible performance. And it's good the Lakers got back to winning ways with this Oklahoma City win. But if we had come into the episode with that as the last game, oh man, these guys did not look good at all. Yeah, it was funny because that's when, um, that's when I tweeted out the because I, I was in attendance, so I, so I was you know there with in the media scrum talking to Darvin Ham, and he mentioned the you know they just got a man up, and and that that went viral. People were just so mad that he said that. Um, so it was an interesting thing again when when Laker fans are out for blood, it, it can be really bad because it's just a really dangerous cocktail. It's like those fans mad, and then the people who want to see the Lakers fall are like jumping on. It just creates this like really dark energy that just swarms all over everything uh, and including the players in the locker room and the media it just the, the vibes are just bad like you could just tell and yeah this was a disappointing one you didn't get a good game from LeBron no one really played well except for D'Lo I think D'Lo stepped up he had 19 points there for 14 from the field he, he kind of did his thing and that's you know I I don't know what's going to happen with D'Lo and this trade deadline uh, but if he does get traded even if it's the right move and it makes the team better and all that stuff I'll always respect him and and enjoy the time he's been here because and he mentioned it he's a cosmic professional like he just does his job it doesn't matter if he's starting or being benched or being wronged or whatever he always brings it you know he might have an attitude with the media and he might he might jaw at people but but on the court he doesn't let any of that you know affect them and he's still in my opinion still the best combo and pick and roll with with ad is it's d'lo ad then lebron ad that's the order when it comes to that very specific play. In general, of course, AD LeBron are, are, are the better duo. But on the pick and roll, if I have to, if you said we have to run one pick and roll play, I'm going D'Lo and AD all day because I know I know with the ball in D'Lo's hands, he will make the right decision. I don't know if it's going to work out, but he'll if he has to lob it, he'll lob it. If he has to kick it out, he'll kick it out. If he's got the shot, he's got the shot. If he doesn't, he'll make a better pass to reset everything. He's just. He's just a magician with that basketball when he's going. And he was the only one really doing anything good. Max Christie's another guy he was getting picked on. Uh, I'm a big Max Christie fan. I believe he'll be an NBA starter at some point in his career. Not this year, but, you know, give him three years. I think he'll be starting for the Lakers or wherever he goes. And this was another one he was getting picked on when he was out there. And he, it was just too physical. And he's still getting a rookie whistle. Uh, there's a couple of plays I'm like, 
I don't think that's a foul on him, but you know, 50 50 and the refs, they're still, they still don't know who he is. I don't think because he's still getting those calls. So he had a rough game. It was just an ugly game all around. And you're right. Uh, this was one that it's good that we're a couple, you know, days away from it and a win away from it. Cause it kind of makes it okay. It's just a loss, an ugly loss, whatever uh, compared to, like you said, if we talked about it, if it was a tonight's game, that would definitely be the big subject. It would be pretty bad. All right, moving on, we have uh, Clippers against the Teddy Bears, and they took care of business. They beat the Grizz, 128-119. Uh, obviously, the Grizzlies, they're an interesting team. They're a try-hard team now. They went from – they really are the, the grind team because they're just missing so many players, and even more players are injured now than they were for this game. But obviously, uh, they have no job. They're playing with a lot of G-leaguers. They went from a team that was a, a dark horse to be in the mix to – I don't think they'll be anywhere near the top 10 uh, by the end of the season, uh, but they're giving an effort. The players were still competing. And even in this game, you know, it, it was, a, it was a loss 128, 119, but it, it could have been a blowout given, you know, how shorthanded they were. Um, how, how'd you feel the, the Clippers performed here in this game? I think defensively they were a little shaky, but overall it was solid and you just had to take care of business. It's a very shorthanded team. As you mentioned, Paul George had a season high. 37 points. I thought he was really, really good. Just knocking down his three ball. He's been shooting insanely yeah. from three lately. And if the season ended today, he'd be shooting a career high. And well, actually, you know what? Th those stats may have changed after the game against Minnesota. But going into the Minnesota game, if the season had ended then, he would have been uh he would have had his career high in field goal percentage, three-point percentage, and free throw percentage. So playing off of James Harden and Russell Russell Westbrook, having two point guards like that. Is put him in more of a catch and shoot kind of role. Not that he's exclusively catch and shoot, and I think that balance is going to be important to find for PG catch and shoot, pick and roll, some ISO, whatever that keeps him in rhythm because he's very much a rhythm guy. But this was a great game. We were just making his three, and when he is, I mean, forget it. And then Kawhi was awesome, both ends of the floor. James Harden had some good stretches in the game, Westbrook as well. So taking care of business, solid win. You got to get a win like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, like you said, you, you got to get those wins. Those are the ones where you just have to take care of business. You know, the team's beat, but also, you know, players are seeing opportunity and they're going to try to, you know, make, make the best of the opportunity. We just, after this recording, we just saw the the Grizzlies even more shorthanded beat the Warriors, right? They're not laying down. Um, I think things fans forget about is that, you know, you might not know the names, but those are professionals going after their contract and their whatever. Uh, they're always going to give their effort. And we're still early in the season enough where the Grizzlies aren't going to be like benching good players and, and like kind of throwing games in that sense, you know? So you're still getting them kind of saying, Hey, we're going to keep trying until the deadline. Then we'll see where we're at. Then we'll see how far we are and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So they're still giving that effort regardless of the fact that Josh's not out there and now Bane's not out there and, and all these key players are missing. Uh, they're, they're still giving, giving their run. And, and I think they played respectable for, for, where they're at against the Clippers. I didn't expect them to win. They didn't win, but I think they gave a good tryhard effort and said, Hey, I mean, you just, you just, you have no one that's up to Paul George's, you know, ability on your roster right now. And same with, uh, you know, um, Kawhi, maybe even James Harden. So if the, if the team you're competing with has three or four players clearly better than anyone on your roster, very unlikely you're going to win that game. You're going to need a lot of things to go right. So uh, they were unable to get it done. Uh, another frustrating one here uh, for the Lakers, uh, the last um, Laker game since we already recapped the Monday one, that was Lakers one game road trip to Utah. I always hate when there's something weird like that, when it's just like one game home or one game on the road. 
you know, I know the 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 um, people making the schedule have a very tough job to do to organize 30 teams' schedules and, and make sure they work. But I'm always like, why? Why go up to Utah and just come back down? This doesn't make any sense. And I'm always worried, even when it's a home game as well. Like, we're just going to lose because it's just kind of confusing to spend all that time and then, you know, travel and then get out again. And not that that's the reason they lost, but I don't think it helped. And, they, and again, Utah's a tough place to win, regardless of how good or bad they are. And the Lakers weren't able to get the W. They lost 132 to 125. Um, they also had um, LeBron James out for this one. He had an ankle thing, which, um, you know, we were talking, you know, not on the pod, but just like online and stuff about like, is he is he load managing? Is he like, you know, is he hurt? What's going on? Uh, they did mention in the um, postgame presser, Darvin Ham did mention that he tweaked his ankle after that Suns game. Now, I didn't see when that happened, and if you want to, you know, kind of play like the, oh, he just said that it's a, it's a tip or whatever, fine, but that's what he did say. He did say, hey, he tweaked his ankle, and no other information until, you know, the day of the game, and they said he was doubtful, and then ultimately he was ruled out, and again, you don't want to make excuses, but when you're missing someone like LeBron James, it's going to be hard to win the game. They fought valiantly, though. I think they did give a pretty good effort. They still lost 132 to 125. Uh, AD was the disappointing one here. And what was rare about the disappointment was he scored 15. So you're looking at the stats, you're like, oh, that's not that great. But the disappointing thing is five for 21. And they, they really didn't give him the ball in the first half, but he got a lot to do in the second half. And he just didn't make them. Uh, it just it was just the weirdest thing. He just missed a lot of bunnies. He missed a lot of his hook shots weren't going in. It was just, to me, it was just one of those nights where like, I don't know, those look like good looks to me. They usually go in. They didn't tonight. And that, along with missing your other top player, and then with with the Jazz kind of taking care of business, I think they shot pretty. Yeah, they shot okay from the field. They didn't really like pop out. But you know, Laurie Markin is a player I've liked for quite some time. He's got he twenty nine points leading the way. Um, they just didn't have enough. And I know fans just saw the Suns game and this one, and they're just annoyed. They don't care about the context. But I think the context it does matter at least for the Jazz game. The Suns game was kind of no excuse there. Uh, but what did you see here in this, this uh, Lakers Jazz matchup? I actually didn't get to watch this one. This is the one Laker game I missed this week. Um, I wanted to ask, though, given the way LeBron just played on Monday night, do you think he could have given it a go? And do you think it's – if he could have, can the Lakers afford to be cautious with a LeBron or an AD with the way the season's going? So when it comes to LeBron James and his injury, I think if it was a game seven, a playoff game, I think he does tough it out. I think, I think they're trying to balance um, – him being ready and pushing and also pacing himself. Again, we still got, you know, what, 41, 40 games left. There's a long way to go, and I don't think they want to make it worse. So I think if he did tweak it more and aggravate it in, in Phoenix, like Darvin Ham said, then I think it was a judgment call. And, hey, would a couple days really help? And I think their answer was, yeah, we think a couple days would really help. Give you the weekend off, get some treatment to it, and be ready on Monday. So to me, it's not about if they can afford it. Obviously, there there are sub-500. They need LeBron every game. But if it's really at the point where, hey, a couple extra days really is going to make a difference and give you, you know, not a guarantee, but the best option to, like, not have it continue to expand, then I think you have to be smart and and get the rest. So I think they did the right thing. I don't think they – they know they can't load manage at this point. And if it was if it was leaning more towards he's good to go, they would have went. I think they just made the right decision in that, hey, I know it's going to probably cost us a game, but we want you for the other 40 games more so than – you know, testing our luck on an ankle that's not really, you know, feeling right. So I think they did the right thing, and they just, you know, uh, he tested it out. And it was a game-time decision, 
Uh, it's funny watching so many people, you know, try, oh, it's game time decision. He's definitely playing or he's not playing. And I'm like, I think legitimately when it's game time for LeBron, it, it really is. He tests it out. And if he feels like, oh, no, I'm cool, they go. And if not, he doesn't. And I think when he went through his things, he just felt like mm, it, it needs the night off. So I think they did the right thing, even though it did cost them, you know, the game theoretically. Who knows? They might have lost that game anyways. But um, and I think when you see how he was playing in the other game as well, poor performance, tweaked his ankle, only scored 10 points. It kind of does add up that you know he wasn't he wasn't kind of ready to go there, but um, luckily they got the win against the um, the Oklahoma City Thunder, so that kind of took care of business. All right, so the last game we're going to talk about here that's passed is the Clippers against the T Wolves. Now this is a game that we both were split on. I think you had the 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 Clippers winning, and then I took the T Wolves kind of on a almost like a dare because I'm also not a big T Wolves like believer i just i just don't don't buy the team long term but i do buy the team in the regular season that's why i picked them and they did win the game 109 105 this was a tough one um i, I thought the clippers were going to take care of this in the fourth quarter um how did you feel going into that fourth quarter of this game and did you think they were going to pull this one out no they didn't feel like it um mm. the timberwolves they really have great defensive personnel i mean we already know about gobert but I, you know what i thought was interesting when gobert was switching on to clipper players we weren't trying to take him off the dribble. We weren't trying to make him stay in front. We were just shooting contested shots over the big guy, and it's like, that's not really a recipe for success. And I'll tell you this. Ant was the best player on the court. Kawhi, in my opinion, needs to be if we want to beat them. Not doesn't need to be if we want to beat them, but he should be. I think that's one of the reasons why people go with the Clippers is because we do have the best player in that series, like you would think. And then I've noticed – they have the perfect personnel to guard us. Beside, you know, not Gobert, but McDaniel's on Kawhi, Edwards on PG, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Kyle Anderson, Conley on Harden. They weren't actually using Conley on Harden much, but yeah. Alexander-Walker, McDaniel's, these guys did a good job. Thought Towns had a strong game, but the thing is, Paul George and James Harden combined for nine for thirty-three. I think Westbrook and Powell were really good. Westbrook had a couple of bad turnovers, but he was he had uh, a double double, at thirteen assists, so very impressive there. And Norman Powell's been playing great, but and no Zubats. I have to mention that no Zubats was massive. You know Tyson Plumley, and you got to finally see Mason Plumley play some minutes again now that he's back from injury and Tyson's replaced him. They've been good. They were solid, but they're just they're not rim protectors like Zoo. And Zoo's been playing really good basketball, but James Harden. In the last two losses, the Laker one and the Wolves one, he's been bad. And you know what I'm thinking in the back of my mind there, Edwin? The better the competition, yeah, yeah he needs to – needs. and I, I think he's just missing shots that he normally makes. Yeah. He still creates good offense, but the thing is, a lot of times when he's not having the normal offensive impact he has, his defense can fall off, and then it's a disaster overall. So I think one thing that was interesting in this game was Ty went super, super small in the fourth quarter, like Kawhi at center lineups Kawhi, norm harden russ it's like the big four plus norm and it almost worked but i'd give the wolves credit they made some clutch free throws at the end but against the lakers it was Kawhi and harden that played badly and westbrook for that matter but in this game we had paul and harden play badly Kawhi was solid but i think he shouldn't be shooting the same amount of shots as paul george when he's hitting and paul's not and i also think paul george because he's shooting so well from three the Coaching staff is encouraging him to shoot more threes because you already know how that goes, the math game. But I think oftentimes when he's just like, all right, I'm just going to keep gunning him, just keep shooting, he'll shoot himself out of the game 
or out of a rhythm. And I like when Paul George is aggressive and getting a different diet of shots. So I know he's bought into the catch and shoot thing because he has James Harden and he has Westbrook. But I still think, as I mentioned at the top of the show, that balance is important. So I'm not really that concerned that we lost the Wolves. I'm not scared of them. But it is it really it is what it is. It's unfortunate we couldn't beat them, but it is what it is. There you go. Sometimes that it could just comes down to that, right? Like they're just one games. You know, you, you do take something away from them, and you start to see a trend. But you don't want to also make mountains out of molehills. It, it's a it's a, it was a close loss against a team that's really really good, top team in the West. And the Clippers made that run. They they really looked like I thought around the three minute mark. I was like, I think they're going to pull it off. And then again, that's the problem with being down by so much. Everything has to break your way. And then just, uh, you know, they hit a couple shots, make a couple stops, and then there you go. And then you, you miss a couple shots, that's it. You, you don't have any room for error when you're down by more than 10 points going into the fourth quarter. You're going to need a couple runs and a little bit of luck. And it did do a couple of runs, but the other team just held their own. They, they did their job. They held their own. And you're right. I think the Timberwolves do have some pretty good personnel. And, yeah, I'm pretty much with you on it. They, Kawhi probably does have to outplay Ant, or at least it's got to be close enough where the margin is not a big difference. Like, two to four point difference or something like that. You know, the stats are very similar. If if Ant gets the better of them, it doesn't matter because, you know, you got Russ, you got Harden, you got PG. But if it's, you know, Ant's dropping 41 and Kawhi's dropping 27, I'm going to assume that the Timberwolves won that game, you know, because that means he's he's just on another level. And if Kawhi's not doing it, you know, unless you get a monster game from the other guys, uh, that's, probably, that's probably a loss. So something to monitor as we kind of, you know, get a little bit closer to the seedings. Uh, a couple things. One, I'm going to go over our our weekly totals. There were six games. I beat you by one. I was four and two because I took the Timberwolves. That was the only difference. We were pretty much the same everywhere else, and you were three and three. So it was just the the T Wolves game was was the big flip there. Um, we're only at the halfway point. Who did I mm-hmm? say? I said the Lakers going to beat the Suns, and they lost. Oh yeah, I said they were going to beat Utah as well. So yeah, okay. Yeah, I got it. I, I got it here. I'm 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 not gonna show the notes because I got all my notes in here, but but yeah, I, I was I made sure I got I went back and I listened and made sure we, we had the numbers right. So three three four two this week. Um I've mentioned that uh we do the quarterly awards because I think that's the best way to take care of MVP six men and all that instead of just an arbitrary time when we're closer to the end and we're gonna do that check-in and we're gonna do it actually next week. When both teams are past the 42 game mark, we'll be like a couple games over, but we'll be right there. So before we get there, I have a question. I don't think I've ever asked you this. When do you start standings watching for you? What what's the date for that? Because that's a very different thing. I think it's really a waste of time early, but we're we're getting to the halfway. It's almost it's not early anymore. It's at least near the half. So when do you start looking at that and kind of seeing, you know, what the matches might look like? After the halfway, actually. So we're almost almost time for me to standings watch. Okay, so maybe like All Star break because it's what February, I think. A little before because All Star break, okay. you're already at game fifty usually. So I'd say a little before. Okay, let me let me double check when All Star weekend is, and then maybe we can add that as a segment. Like at the end, we'll be like, okay, here's where we look. This okay, February sixteenth. So yeah, it's okay. the second weekend of February. So so for the pod, even though you know we're still recording, so this is going to be part of everyone hearing, but it's fine. Next week we'll just we'll do the award show, and after that one we'll we'll do a quick segment. Here's where the standings look right now, and then we will just briefly talk about what the matchups look like. That way, as we get closer and closer, we'll be monitoring that as well. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm good with that. I think for me it's after All Star, but if for you it's after the half, 
we're talking about like a two week difference. I, I'm fine just jumping in when when you're kind of doing it already, and that way we can keep an eye on it. So we'll we'll do it as soon as the games are done that night. Wherever the standings are, we'll just we'll just have a you know a screenshot of the two, the East and the West, and we'll briefly go through it. And we can make it more West centric, of course, because that's what we really care about. Because those are the teams we'll actually be playing, minus the one that makes the finals if our teams make the final. All right. Before we move on to upcoming games this week, I want to do a quick Spark segment. The LA Sparks have a lot of things actually going on at this point. We're getting closer and closer to the action happening. And Sunday, January 21st, is free agency. That's when free agents will start getting contracts. They can't sign them until February, but you'll get you'll get the news of so-and-so is talking to so-and-so signing a year uh, X amount of money for X amount of years. So that's what's going to start to happen. And right now, the Sparks have a pretty open roster. They only have Asbury Stevens, Derek Ahambi, uh, Stephanie, Lexi Brown, Nia, and Zaya as their main roster players. So players like Jordan Canada, players like Katie Lou, NECA, they're all unrestricted free agents. So there's a lot of movement and a lot of things the Sparks have to think about in terms of who they can get, who they need to need to go out there and get on free agency. And we're going to start to get some of those answers on Sunday. So I'm not sure. Uh, WNBA free agency is a little different from the NBA. It's similar in terms of it, it goes quickly, but sometimes those first couple of days, it depends. It's 50-50. They can be very fast. They can be very slow. So I'm not sure what we're going to get here. But one, keep an eye. Make sure you're following me and the other uh, Sparks people out there uh, covering things like Sabrina Merchants, like a, always a top, top WNBA women's college basketball person. She, I'm sure she'll be tweeting everything out. We'll also be doing an update here uh, on Monday if there have been some moves. If it's still a little slow, we might wait until another week goes by. But if, if we already have some some big news, I'll make sure we're keeping an eye on that. And they just announced uh, they have a new general manager. Uh, Regan Peebly is now the general manager of the Sparks. That's big news because Karen Bryant was a manager last year. She's in a new position now. She's still with the organization, but she stepped down from essentially being the general manager there. So they have a lot of moving parts here, and it's a big season. Not only have they missed the playoffs three years in a row, so that needs to change. Head coach Kurt Miller, it's his second year. He's known for turning programs around. This is a big opportunity. They have the number two pick in the WNBA draft, which isn't until April 14th. We're still a little bit away away from that. But this is the first thing, getting your free agents, understanding what your team's going to look like. And then with that top two pick, who's going to be available? Who are you going to get? So I'm really excited for this. I'm really interested to see who they can pick up, who they can keep. I think NECA's the number one. They got to bring back NECA. And then... Jordan Cannon is going to be interesting because I know she's going to be wanted by a lot of teams. So I'm curious if the Sparks are going to bring her back at all costs. If she just gets too pricey because someone just throws a bag at her, I think it's very possible. She's a starting point guard in the league, and that's that's very needed in any league. So I'll be very curious to see what's going on with that. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have an update hopefully uh, by the next um, the next pod on Monday, but it just depends on how fast things go. Interesting. I'm excited for it. Also, I want to give a shout out, speaking on the topic of women's basketball in Los Angeles, UCLA and USC women's basketball right now, fifth and sixth in the country. They are the main attraction for college basketball right now in the city. USC is a disaster right now with Isaiah Collier getting hurt. Now maybe Bronny will get some minutes, but still the season is a disaster. USC will not be in the tournament this year unless they win the Pac-12. They're not going to be. They're not good. And unless they win the Pac-12, then UCLA is a bunch of freshmen. They're getting embarrassed. They got embarrassed against Utah. But UCLA and then USC led by Juju Watkins, 
that'll be definitely something to watch. And you know, last year's women's uh March Matter NCAA tournament was electric, like the most memorable that I can remember in my lifetime. So it would be nice to get some Los Angeles representation in the big dance deep in the tournament with UCLA or USC. So looking forward to that. Yeah, real quick on that, and then we'll move on to upcoming games. Yeah, Juju Watkins is incredible. I've never seen an 18-year-old girl that good ever. If she was – here's my hot take. If she was available in the draft, I would recommend the Sparks take her number two at 18. Now she's not going to be available, yeah. <laughs> but that's how good she is. I, I would – I would take her above everyone in the draft except for uh, Caitlin Clark. I would take her above everyone. She is leading the team at 18. She's running the offense. She's the number one scoring option. She just You just talked about it. She dropped 30-plus points on the Bruins and beat them. Just incredible. And and like you said, it, it's, been, it's been rising in attention last year. Had so many like viral moments and so many good games. And I think this is, this is the spring. This is the spring that's going to happen. I'm telling you, Juju's going to go off on one of those games and beat a team they weren't supposed to beat, and it's going to make national news. And people in L.A. already know. People in Southern California already know. But it's not going to be long before she's a household name. People are going to be like, did you see that girl from USC? She just went. That's what's going to happen because she's only 18. Like, Caitlin Clark didn't become a household name until last year. I think Juju's got a chance to do that this year. And, and she'll still have season after season before she actually goes to the W. And yeah, and she's she's LA as they come. You know, she went to Sierra Canyon. Uh, I was there for the, the game against Oregon State. She was just, she's you could tell she's just she's still just a kid. She's like just taking it all in, and she's signing autographs with everybody. And she just loves playing for in in her hometown, her home area, in this region. She could have gone anywhere. She could have gone anywhere in the country. She's like, I'm gonna stay here. And I'm gonna turn this program around. And, and so far, so good. So yeah, definitely check out the college women's hoops. It's gonna be really really fun come March time and the Pac-12 staff. They got like UCLA, they got USC, um, Colorado just won a big game. Yeah, it's it, it's it's fun out here. And then the Pac-12, as we know, is ending because of these stupid contracts and stuff. And that's a bummer in all men's, women's basketball, football. It sucks everywhere. But this is our last chance to enjoy some Pac-12 um, sports. So I'm going to enjoy every bit of it before it goes away. So that's how that's going to go. All right, upcoming games. We have Tuesday, uh, Clippers OKC. So that's actually coming up tomorrow, seven o'clock. TNT. Dime, your boys are on the big screen. What's gonna happen? I won't be there. I'll tell you that. Uh, it's gonna be my fifth missed game of the season, and I'm gonna go with the Clipper win because the Thunder on a back to back. Lakers made them work hard. We'll see if SGA plays the back to back with the injury, and Clippers just lost. I think we win it, and we already lost the Thunder. They're the ones that broke our winning streak. So I'm gonna go with the win. Yeah, I'm going to go with the win, too. This one makes me nervous just because OKC is so good. And I'm like, but you're right. I think I think you kind of talked me into it right now. I'm like, yeah, they are going to be on a back-to-back. Um, they did have a tough game and a loss. It's another one. Can you play up again? Another really tough opponent. So I'm, I'm going to go with you as well and say that the, the, the Clippers get the W. Okay, cool. So we got two Clippers Ws there. Uh, all right, fantastic. I'm just writing it down. Okay, and then we got... The next game on Wednesday, Lakers, Mavs, 5.30 start, ABC, so also nationally televised. Uh, I will be in attendance for this one. And it's tough because Luka, man, you know, I'm going to go with the Lakers win. I'm going to say they're going to they're gonna bring it up again. They're going to get two in a row, and they're going to get back to 500. I, I think, obviously, Luka's going to have a big game, but I think there's still a team that, you know, they struggle defensively, and 
for every game that the Mavs look pretty good, they also have one where you're shaking your head and saying, man, what are they doing over there? So I think the Lakers are going to take care of business. I think it will be a close game, but I think they'll take care of business. Luka will still go off. He'll get his. But I think the Lakers have enough defense, and they're, they're kind of understanding they have to go on a run now, especially the players on the fringe. So I think they're going to get the win. You know what? I'll be a nice guy and say they're going to win, but I'm very tempted to say they're going to lose. But you know what? I'm going to go – as you, what you said about Dallas is true. You just don't know what Dallas Mavericks are going to get a lot of times. But I will say when Luka shows up at Staples Center and Kyrie as well, they usually seem to put on a show. I'm going to go with the Lakers, though. It's going to be a good game. Okay. Though. Always, these games, Lakers-Mavs, the last couple games at Staples Center have all been like bangers. Yeah, they have been. They've been like OT, last-second shots. Yeah, they've been, they've been fun. You know, we got Austin Reeves hitting that three. We had – yeah, we had Luka going off, Kyrie going off. Yeah. They've been fun. Um, not when my team loses, but they've, they've been fun from a neutral perspective. I totally agree. All right. Next one we have is uh, Friday Lakers-Nets. Call me silly, but I'm going to go with another Lakers W. They'll have three in a row. Three in a row. They're rolling now above 2,500, baby. Come on. The Nets, I mean, let's be serious. Like, I got the Lakers win now. <laughs> what do you got? It should be Lakers win. So I'm going to go Laker win. I'll be a nice guy this week. All right. Nice guy dime. That's what they call him in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, and our final game here is going to be on Sunday. We got, oh, we got two actually. We got two games on Sunday. We have, again, Nick Brooklyn's going to stay in town. They're going to play the Clippers at 1230 matinee. I'm glad that the Lakers don't have to play that one, but it's a 1230 start uh, here in Los Angeles. Clippers are going to be hosting. Do you have the Clippers taking care of business there, giving the Nets a double L? I do think the Nets will be getting the double L, and I will be at that game. All right, fantastic. So what time do you do you leave to go to a Clippers game at 1230 in the afternoon? Like 1130. It's no no problems going uh, to those early games traffic-wise. It's like 30 minutes straight. Yeah, especially on Sunday. That's right, yeah. Uh, those ones are always – those games are always weird too. Like, I don't know. Like, the vibe I is used, different. Like, it feels like everyone's yeah. routine's a little off. It is. I used to love them as a kid, but it's definitely not the same energy as a night game. I've grown to like night games more for Dodger Stadium too. Yeah, me too. I agree. Um, yeah, I think I think it just it just it just feels like it's not happening at the right time when it's early, and the crowds like that they're like groggy Saturday night, right. Sunday night too. After Saturday, like everyone's just kind of like not ready for what's happening. <laughs> And that includes the teams. And then when your team's good, you worry, okay, are they going to fall asleep here? And then come out sluggish. And then it's like, hey, guys, like, I know you're used to, like, you know, at this point you're having breakfast or something and doing your stretching. But actually, it's the second quarter. <laughs> like, let's get to it going. So, yeah, those games are always a little bit weird. We'll see how the Clippers do there. But, yeah, I have them also winning up. I'm going to go with, with that. All right. Last game. Lakers will also be home. So, once you guys leave, they'll clean up, do the whole switch. We got Lakers. Blazers, 7 o'clock start. We'll just be on Spectrum. The Lakers have to win this one, too. I know this is a lot of wins for the Lakers, but I told you January was going to be easier with the schedule. They're going to get some wins. I got the Lakers taking care of business. Portland's not trying to win anything. Uh, what are your thoughts here on, on Lakers, uh, Blazers? Can I change a pick? You can change a pick, yeah, sure. I'm going to go with Dallas beating the Lakers, and I'm going to go with the Lakers beating Portland. And they're not going to win every game. They're gonna slip up once. I think it's gonna be Dallas. All right, but they're but they're beating the Blazers. They are. Okay, we almost see you just you couldn't be positive, Diamond. Enough. We almost had the first time we predicted every win. L.A. wins all week. 
but now we got a loss, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, I, I agree. I was like, oh my god, we're about to get the a perfect week, nothing but victories over here. But you, you got the Mavericks taking care of business. We'll see. We'll see what happens there with that. I'm sure we'll get something wrong because last week we were 500. So I don't think we're gonna go. Could you imagine we all predicted wins and they won every game? That would be like the impossible. <laughs> so yeah, probably not gonna happen. But uh, we'll, we'll see how things go. So again. Next week, we'll be past the halfway mark, so we'll also do the midseason awards. So that'll be a big chunk of um, the podcast. So if you're listening and it hasn't happened yet, think about who's the MVP of the Lakers, who's the MVP of the Clippers, six-man, um, who's been the best player, most improved. We don't really do because it's kind of – well, We I think we actually can do most improved there. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll set up a list there, and then we'll, we'll break it down. Again, Dime, I'll send you just the, the, the categories – and we won't share it with each other, so we'll both be kind of revealing it to everybody. But we'll have some time to think about it and, and see also how our list changes now that we're another quarter done. So really excited for that. But uh, we'll see how that goes next week. And then uh, we'll also recap, of course, the games happen here. All right. So that's the end of episode 13. What, what, I got some. I got some. We got, we got uh, we we're ending a couple minutes early. I wanted mm-hmm. to see if you had anything because I didn't actually get to talk about it yesterday when – it happened, but do you want to say anything about the Rams? I mean, that was a pretty – we're both Rams fans. This is an L.A.-based show. You got the Rams gear on. That was a really tough loss uh, on Sunday night against Detroit. It was kind of bittersweet because, you know, you. I feel happy for golf. I feel happy for a city that really has been so unlucky with sports. And, man, I mean, Stafford came to play. Nakua was so ready for the moment. Our O-line performed really well, but I feel like we just didn't make life tough enough on golf. But in the second half, we did. I thought we were going to bring it home, Edwin. I really did. Me too. I, I, thought, I, thought, they were gonna t- I thought that the whole game, uh, even when they were trailing, uh, I, I thought they were going to take care of business. It wasn't. I really didn't give up hope until that final first down where I'm like, okay, they're just going to run the clock out now. I'm like, it's over. I'm like, now we just got to wait for that. Yes. Um, that's why, that's why I'm rocking the, the Rams, you know, gear. It's easy so to be a fan when, when, when Snoop's crip walking and, you know, we're winning a, we're winning the title in the, in the stadium that they built, you know, of course, good times and bad. So I'm like, you know what? They lost. I'm rocking the colors today and let someone say something smart. I right, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Cause you know, this season was mixed. They were not expected to be good at all. And they they lived up to that during those first like six seven weeks, and then they turned it around. And again, props to the players playing hard. Props to the team not giving up. And they said all the right things. And I wasn't really buying it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, what are they, what else are they going to say? But they proved it. They they went on a winning streak. They got going. They needed a little bit of luck to get in. They did get that luck. They did win those games. They went they won out, and they went up against one of the top teams in in the NFC and the Lions, and they were right there with them. And I thought they were going to pull it out. They didn't. I was very curious if they could have won the next matchup. I don't think they could win it all, but I think they could have really made some more noise and pushed. I was excited about the option for that, but they didn't do it. But you got to give props to you know Sean McVay and and you know AD, the other AD and and Matt. Man, I mean they 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 had a great season. Like no one expected them to to be as good as they were or to compete as hard as they did, and they they did their thing. Fell short, but I really hope Sean McVay can. And find the work-life balance to not quit anytime soon because he's so good at this job. He's so good at drafting, uh, and and he's made he's he did so much with so little this year. I just think, man, if they can get a few more assets and and right. build through the draft, I think they can definitely make another run uh, next year and the years to come. So, 
again, it's it's always exciting here in Los Angeles, and and the Rams being good and being being competitive is is fun. So hopefully next year they can they can make a couple of tweaks and and just take the momentum from this year and not have such a horrible start. Which I think they will. They've already announced um, their home schedule, and I didn't see too many like really tough games on paper. The NFL changes so much, so right. of you course those know. games. Yeah, we don't know what those, those, those easy games like. can be hard games very soon. But right now, I looked at it, and I'm like, it doesn't look too bad. I'm like, I think they can have a good year next year. So I'll be excited to attend and excited to see it next year. But we'll have to wait a whole year. And, yes, um, I feel pretty – it was a weird thing. It was like, I'm not happy my team won. But you know what? A team that hasn't won a playoff game since 1991, you can't be too mad at that. Like, shout out yeah. to the Lions. You know, golf, I still you know, don't want them winning he was our first quarterback that we had in our real first quarterback that we had with since they moved back. Yeah. And they had to make, they, they made the tough decisions, right? That's kind of like the deal thing, right? They said, you know what? I don't think we could do it with you. So we're going to have to gamble. And, and we, we, we sold it all chips in on Stafford and then the other moves they made and it worked. So I think so far everyone got what they wanted. The, the Isn't that amazing though? Lions- that Stafford won his first season as a Ram, like won the whole thing. Like that was insane. That that I'll always remember that Bucks game. Like that was the one. Like that was I, they had the win and then it went away. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm watching Brady do this again. And then that like 73 yard pass, whatever that was, uh, you cup. know, that was yeah, the, yeah, exactly. The cup set up set up the field goal with seconds left. Oh, it was it was amazing. And then the, the Super Bowl was I watched the on YouTube, the NFL's uh, official channel has like the like the last five minutes, like a ten minute video. I've watched that video so many times. Oh, man, I'm gonna go watch so it. many times. Yeah, because you get the you get the touchdown, and then you get the stops, and then you know AD was getting all those stops. And it's funny, you hear the announcers. Obviously, they don't know what's gonna happen. They're like, "Oh, Burrow's gotta make sure they don't score too early." And I'm like, "You don't know what's about to happen." Sack, incomplete pass. Like they're not gonna get another first down, buddy. And then you know AD. You know, he spins, you know, Burrow to the ground. He throws the ball in desperation. It, it goes it goes incomplete, and then he gets up and points to the hand. And it was just, yeah, it's awesome. So, yeah, those moments were, were great. And I was there banner night uh, against the Bills. That was a fun one. I think you were also in attendance, yeah. 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 And there was a lot of Bills fans, and, I, and you know, they, they, they got to talking. But I did remind them, hey, I've seen something today most of you, actually none of you have ever seen. That's your, your team, you know, <laughs> hoist the banner up there. So enjoy week one. Uh, but I'll enjoy uh, the, the title. So yeah, I'm proud of them. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been fun. It's been fun. I'm looking forward to them continuing to build their presence here and, and grow it. As you know, it's it's still a very fractured city. Uh, but again, it's going to take time. You don't leave for 20 years and get to come back like like you didn't leave. So it's going to take a, a probably a generation to really establish themselves and, and kind of build it. But I think they're they're doing what they need to. They got the stadium. They got the title. They'll probably get another Super Bowl soon. They got to keep winning. And, you know, the kids growing up now, that is their team. And in 10 years, when they're like believe 20 years not, old, they'll though, be like. Believe it or not, though, not as much as you think. We need to do a better job of forcing these kids to be fans of their team, of the city's teams. Because now NFL Sunday ticket, everybody has it. And they have illegal streams. It's like players. You know how player standing goes these days. It's going into football, quarterback. Yeah. Less in football, though. Less in football. But, yeah, you're right. I agree. Less in football. And, plus, it's definitely different than when we were growing up here, at least for me. We do have a team that they can choose from. Back then, we had no choice. So, it'll definitely yeah. be more home fans than before, whether it be Chargers or Rams. Honestly, I wish for it was sure. just one team that they had to they could choose from, though. Just think we're too divided. But, yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's clearly more of a Rams town. I think I think that's been pretty clear. Uh, I would say I some think, more Chargers, but – but we still yeah. have more Niners fans and Cowboys and Raiders at our games than when we play them. 
yeah, like I said, it's gonna you can't just come back and hey, I'm home, and it's like, oh, okay, cool, I've been rooting for the Packers for 20 years. Let me just jump on a rent. Like most people are gonna be a little hesitant, and then the kids follow the parents, so it's a whole thing. But they're gonna get there. I I, I do believe they're gonna get there. It's just gonna take some time. And in the meantime, we'll we'll keep rocking the Rams. You know, gear and the merch. We'll be going to the games. We'll be watching the games uh, and talking less about it on this basketball podcast. But we will talk about it from time to time for sure. Uh, I remember the time that LeBron went off because because Matt was in attendance and he looked at him. He's like, I wasn't going to lose the game because I saw the Rams guys were here with their rings and stuff. So, you know, it's nice to see that crossover happen. But all right, that's going to conclude it for tonight. Uh, that's the end of episode 13, the PG episode. We didn't even talk about Jordan on uh, the podcast, but we'll save that for some other time. <laughs> That's the end of episode 13 of Best on Figaro. I'm Edwin Garcia. That's Darian Vaziri, a.k.a. Dime Dropper. We out.